child close to you that wants a clipboard, you can raise your hand and one of the ushers will bring you a clipboard. But I think the kids know the, know the drill by now. So I invite you to pray with me. Lord God, take my words this morning and speak through them. Take our hearts this morning and speak to them. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Bring conviction to our hearts through your word and initiate healing and transformation in our lives, all for the glory of your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, I begin this morning giving thanks to the Lord and to you for, our, for my vacation and for our va- family's vacation. It was a time of rest, restoration, a little bit of travel, and many projects around the home. Thank you for your prayers while we were away, and it's really good to be back. I want to begin this morning sharing one story from my time away, something that happened while Kim and I were away alone on Boca Grande which is a barrier island just northwest of Fort Myers. Kim and I rented a kayak for our week on Boca Grande, and it was really special. We had never used a kayak before, so we were careful. But it was a double kayak, and we'd take it out into the Gulf of Mexico in the mornings when it was calm, but especially in the evenings to watch the sunset out on the Gulf while we're out on the Gulf. It was really special. One morning, we decided to go out to see if we might be able to get close to the dolphins. A couple days, we saw dolphins just out in the surf. And so we paddled out there, but the dolphins must have had other plans, uh, so they were somewhere else. So after about 45 minutes of paddling around, enjoying the quiet, enjoying the sunrise, we came back to shore. As Kim was walking towards our condo, there was a little path, and our condo was right on the beach. She almost stepped on something that was moving, and there were lots of moving things around, so she was a little uh, on edge, and she screamed. But then she realized that it was a baby loggerhead turtle. And it was barely moving, but it was moving, and the little guy was moving away from the beach. He was trying to go towards the condo. So we're looking at him, thinking he's not moving very quickly. What do we do? At that moment, one of the turtle patrol people, there are those people, was walking the beach, and we yelled at her, and the turtle lady came up, and and she advised us what to do. She didn't do anything. She mentored us. So we got a shovel, and we scooped up the little guy. You're not supposed to touch them, not because they don't want to be touched, but because they carry diseases. Learned that. And we placed him about 10 feet from the water. Now, I wanted to put him in the water, but she said, no, you have to put him up above the water. He's got to find his own way. But he kept turning away from the water to crawl back up the beach. Baby turtles, we learned, in the dark, instinctively, they go towards the water. But if there are any lights on shore at all, they get distracted, and they go towards the lights. Well, in this case, the sun had risen. It's a pretty bright light. And this little guy, apparently a whole nest of them, were disoriented. And this guy made it probably a couple hundred yards down the beach, and he was going the wrong way. So... We put him down just above the water, and about 10 minutes of him moving, he'd move a little bit and not move, and he'd go this way and that way and go backwards and forwards. Finally, we blocked his way with the shovel, so he bumped into that, and then I began to splash him from the water, and this is what, this is what we got to witness. If you click the full screen, there it is. So 
I was splashing water at him just to let him know where the water was. but that kind of thing makes me emotional. It was really special to witness that. Since it was Kim's birthday, I'm not allowed to say which birthday, but we named him Sink after the French word for 50. <laughs> had nothing to do, one had nothing to do with the other. Cinquant, cinquant is the French word for 50. So on a transition now to our reading from Paul's letter to the first century church in Ephesus. So if you have your pew Bibles, you can turn to page 977. We're in Ephesians chapter 4. And we will be returning a few times to the story that you just witnessed. So page 977 in your pew Bibles. And I'm going to have three points this morning. Calling, strengthening, and growing. Now, within the context of Paul's letter, chapter 3 ends with a prayer. And it's Paul praying for the followers of Jesus, praying for the church, that they would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ would dwell in their hearts, and that they would know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. So it's after that prayer that chapter 4 begins. That's the context. And Paul now turns his attention to exhortation and encouragement of the church regarding how they are to live and how they are to grow in Christ into a stronger, more mature, and more secure faith. So verse 1, I therefore, this is Paul speaking, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Paul writes to the church, to those who put their faith in Jesus Christ as Messiah, Savior, and Lord. And Paul urges them to walk, to live in a certain way, to live in a manner worthy of the calling to which they were called. So that's our first point, calling. Now our own mission statement, which we say every Sunday at the end of our service, it shares this sense of calling by God. Now, how does the mission statement begin? If, if you want to cheat, you could just turn your service leaflet over. It's on the back. The leader says, we are, it doesn't say we are called, close. Somebody looking at it? Look at the back of your service leaflet. The Lord calls us. The Lord calls us to make followers who know Christ grow together and go into the world. The Lord calls us. God is the one who calls us. God created the world. God created each one of you and me. God the Father worked out salvation through God the Son, Jesus Christ. And God calls to every man and every woman an open invitation to receive in Jesus' name forgiveness of sin, salvation, and eternal life only in the name of Jesus Christ. Now think about the baby turtles, how the ocean 
calls to them in a sense. They will only live if they not only hear the call of the ocean or sense it, but if they obey the call and move toward and into the ocean. Otherwise, they're dead. In the same way, God calls to every one of you. Are you living in a manner worthy of God's calling to you? And in which direction are you crawling or moving? Are you moving toward him or are you moving in some other direction towards something else? I learned that morning that what caused sink to go in the wrong direction, it was a disoriented hatch. That was the word. The lights causing the whole nest of newly hatched turtles to go in random directions, in different directions, not in the direction they were needing to move. In life, there are very many shiny things that are going to distract you, that are going to keep you from walking in a manner worthy of God's calling, from moving in the way that God is inviting you to join him, that will distract you from moving towards God as you live. In verse 2 and 3, Paul elaborates on how we are to walk in our calling by God. Paul writes, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now take a look at the words Paul uses. Those words aren't characteristics to be practiced in isolation or alone. If you're alone, you really don't need to be patient. There's nobody to be impatient with. What are the other words? Gentle. If you're alone, what's the use of being gentle? It involves other people. These words are inherently communal, indicating life with others. Paul makes it clear that walking in a manner worthy of your calling, living life God's way, involves regular interaction with a faith community. And that can mean not just Sunday mornings, but regular interaction, relationships. And those interactions and relationships will be difficult and challenging. Do I hear an amen? amen? People aren't easy, which is why Paul calls the church to humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with others, seeking unity. He wouldn't have to use those words if it was easy. Followers of Jesus are called by God to live in community with others who share their faith and to do the hard work of living together, knowing each other and being known sharing our struggles, sharing our joys. Together, supporting and bearing with each other. Think about that turtle. If he had a whole nest of turtles moving in the same direction, it would have been easy for him to go in the right direction. He was on his own. He was isolated. We need each other. So now we now turn from our first point, calling, to our second point, strengthening. Verses 11 and 12. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. And he, God, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. We read here, God has given leadership to his church, to his people, for a specific reason. To equip them, 
for the building up to equip them with a purpose, to equip them for ministry. God does not expect that his people will receive their calling, salvation, and then stay as they are. God calls every one of his followers to walk, to move toward him, to grow in faith. So back to the turtles. I learned that baby turtles, it's entirely necessary for them to make the crawl out of their nest into the ocean. They can't just be hatched and dropped in the water. Because the crawling, while so difficult and so dangerous with predators and crabs and lots of other things wanting to eat them, the crawling so difficult for the little hatchlings. They haven't been alive for long. They're just born. The crawling strengthens their bodies and muscles so that they can then make what in this case is a two-mile swim to a reef. That's their first leg of their journey. They're born, they struggle for however long it takes to the ocean, and then they swim two miles. Good thing God doesn't call us to do that, right? Without the crawl, though, they will die. In much the same way, God's calling unto salvation is a new birth for those who respond. When one hears and responds to God's calling through Jesus Christ, they're reborn. You are born into a new life, a new way of living. But if you don't crawl, if you stay where you are, if you don't move in faith, if you don't learn in faith, if you don't practice your faith and struggle with relationships with others and grow in relationships with others, faith will never be strengthened. There will be no strengthening, and that faith will wither, just as the baby turtles who move in the wrong direction eventually wither and die apart from the ocean. We need to crawl and move together. When you respond to God's calling, you're called to crawl in faith, strengthening your body and being strengthened with other believers around you until you finally reach eternal life upon your death. So your entire life after salvation is intended to move in one direction. As the turtles move towards the ocean, our one direction is toward the Lord. That's what we're called to. Being strengthened in faith as we crawl and walk together. Just like the turtles moving singularly in one direction. And so now we turn from strengthening to our final point, growing. Verse 13. So verse 12 ends, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Verse 13. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God intends for his people to be strengthened and ultimately to grow and mature as they move toward him and as they move together to follow him. If you're not strengthened by your faith crawl, you will not ever grow and mature in your faith life. The Greek phrase translated to mature manhood literally means to mature into a fully grown man. So this is growing from childhood to adulthood. 
Growing, though, is to be expected. And look at verse 14. We are to grow and mature, verse 14, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Children, by their nature, are easily misled or easily misguided or easily lost. We know that. We are called to grow in faith so that we will no longer be children in faith because there's an enemy to God's people. Peter writes in 1 Peter 5, the enemy who prowls about like a roaring lion seeking to devour and destroy. There is an enemy to anyone walking in faith. He is real and he is active. There is an enemy to God's people, one who wants to tear you down, to distract you, to entice you with shiny lights and worldly priorities, to draw you away from your calling, to draw you away from your calling by God, and to draw you away from your growing in faith. The enemy will use winds and waves of circumstances, of hardship, of persecution, of sickness. The enemy will even use winds and waves of prosperity and good fortune and ease. He'll use whatever he can to distract you from your faith, from your faith community, to isolate you from your crawling and growing in faith. And he will do everything he can to keep you from living out your calling. Because we as God's people, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to live differently from the rest of the world. Scriptures lay that out for us. We are to look different, not for our own benefit, but so that others might see Jesus Christ in us. There is a purpose for us living as God's people. It's so that those who don't know Christ, who've never heard the gospel, who have either rejected his call or never heard his call, or who perhaps have wandered away from his call, might see Christ in you as you live differently. And that might be drawn to salvation and drawn to the new life that you have. Calling, strengthening, growing in faith. All to be done, as Scripture declares, in community with others. Perhaps today you've never heard God's calling to you or never responded to the calling that you've heard. I pray that you'll respond this morning to God's call. Perhaps today you realize you're walking in your life in the wrong direction, distracted by priorities that are not God. I pray you will hear God's call to return to him. Perhaps today you realize you're not fully connected and engaged with any faith community for whatever reason, avoiding those life-giving and strengthening and difficult relationships. I pray today that you will hear God's call to join and be involved with and be engaged with a faith community on mission for him. Perhaps today you are fully engaged with the community of faith here. And I believe you are longing for others to join you in the mission, to walk with you, that we would continue to grow together as we go into the world. Wherever you see yourself, I echo Paul's words of exhortation. 
I urge you to listen for God's calling each day and to crawl and walk toward him and to be strengthened by his Holy Spirit along with the faith community. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Verse 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together with every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.